Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about September 11th, and where were we on September 11th, how our perceptions were of not just Muslims, but Muslims who looked a certain way at that time, and the idea of where we were bonding over, what we were coming together, and what we were pulling apart from at that time. This week, we're going to talk about, you know, for lack of a better word, a modern-day act of terror um, in terms of against what would be considered, you know, I guess some people say the power structure or the establishment of the United States. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, last week after we did our video, I think it was Sunday. So I think it was September the 13th or 14th or something like that. Anyway, two um, LA uh, County Sheriff's deputies were shot. Someone walked up on their car and um, fired multiple shots into the, I think it was the driver's side of, the, of their vehicle, um, striking both um, officers um, in the face. One got hit twice in the face, the other one got shot in the face. Um, both officers are in stable condition. Suspect was, um, they said they were a dark-skinned male, blah, blah, blah. Um, but a lot of the, the, the drama around is one, two police officers were shot. Two law enforcement officers were shot multiple times and it looked like in a just not a random act, but an act of terror, so to speak, right? Unprovoked. Um, and what I think magnified this issue um, is that there were protesters there um, and they were protesting and apparently the protesters had gathered in a way that blocked the um, ambulance interest from, from coming in. Don't know if that was on purpose or not, but they did and they were, you know, um, yelling things like they hope the police officers died and you know kill the police and blah 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 and uh so we want to talk about that today we want to talk about you know i guess some of the implications of that where that's coming from what's misplaced anger hate rage um what type of message it sends um all of that stuff and i'm gonna lay some stuff on the line that's probably going to make me sound uh, different, radical, I guess you could say, um, or dispassionate or whatever. I don't know how it's, I, I've talked to Tony about this already. If you guys don't know who Tony is, Tony is, um, he was on here. He is a former homicide detective. Um, he was actually the first person to send me the video and let me know what happened. And we've had a few conversations um, about it in terms of, you know, what happened and how I feel and how he feels and I understand his feelings and, it's fucking, excuse my language, guys. You guys know I curse. It's, it's, it's a crazy topic. So this is going to be a tough one today. What do you think, Jess? It's going to be a tough one? Yeah, <laughs> I think that there's, there's a lot of emotion around it. And then I think there's also at the same time, there's not as nearly a, as much emotion as there should be. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me, I want to hear, I want to hear your, your, your perspective on that. And then I'm going to dig on my, yeah. <laughs> as far as not being enough emotion. So 
I think that I'll preface this by saying, I, I think that, I think that society, and I'm gonna make a broad generalization here, and, and I recognize this may not apply to all of us, but I think the societal narrative that has been pushed for a while now has been one to dehumanize the police officers. I think that we have done such a tremendous amount of work of not seeing police officers as men and women, as human beings, as moms and dads, as brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters, but to just see them as police officers and to create archetypes of them that in so doing, we have stripped away some of their humanity and we don't see them as the same level as we see ourselves. So when something like this happens, we don't react the same way as we react to something that happened with George Floyd. Now, granted, it was a different circumstances and also granted those officers didn't have a time opportunity to scream to call out for their mom because they were just shot at point blank range out of nowhere with no apparent reason and i think that that's something you know i could go into a whole diatribe about why or what that is but i think more than anything it's really an opportunity for us to reflect on ourselves. is is and especially when that first happened I, I don't know what the skin color was of the officers. You know, that wasn't reported at first. It was just two officers were shot. And then you'd hear the stuff about the protesters blocking and them saying what they were saying. And it shouldn't matter what skin color the officers were, nor should it matter what skin color it was the person who shot them. What should matter, in my opinion, is, is that there are two human beings that were shot that as Jared, I think, said very appropriately, there was an, a, a way an act of terrorism committed on them for no apparent reason. Not that there should ever need to be a reason for us to exert violence on one another unless it's in some sort of self-defense. And I think most of us were pretty silent about it. You know, I wasn't, there was no, there was no blew out our social media movement. There was no call for defunding inner city government or going through and doing a massive sweep of removing guns from criminal organizations or any of those types of things like that. You know, there was no communal prayer services or those types of things, or if there was, at least it wasn't publicized and put in the media in the way that we have with other events recently. So a few things with that, Jared, it makes me question, well, why is that? And why is, why is media coverage given to one issue more than another? You know, the, the part of me that is suspect of things, it makes me wonder what is the emotional agenda that's trying to be pushed there? What pot is trying to be stirred? Two, I really do think that it's something to, to really examine within ourselves. If we're becoming a society where we're going to remove humanity, if we're going to take the actions of a few have them represent the whole, we have to start to recognize that we are basically doing the very same thing with police officers that we are protesting for and against and racial profiling and discrimination with black people or, or any sort of people, poor people, those types of things. And it becomes a hypocritical, I think, 
a hypocritical platform to stand on. We can't say this and then not that. Can't do this and not that. In my opinion, like it's it's a really dangerous thing because I'm willing to bet that those officers were brothers, sisters, husbands, daughters, sons, wives, you know, you name it. And they probably had moms too that they would call out for if they had been given that opportunity. Not to say that George Floyd's way, his passing was an opportunity at all. What I'm saying is if it had been something where they were able to see as opposed to it just happening so quickly. And I think for me, Jared, the bigger picture for it is, is why is that? Why are we not treating human life with the same thing? Why are we not expressing outrage at that level? Why are some of us able to say, well, they probably got what they deserved? And here's the really interesting thing. If I I feel like if I, as a white man, were to say, George Floyd, maybe he got what he deserved. He's a criminal. He had done all these types of things. I think the race card gets to be played really quickly on me being racist or, you know, something, something to that effect. And then it, it kind of invalidates anything I might say afterwards. Whereas now I think we can almost get away with saying with police officers, well, they, you know, maybe they got what they deserve because there's been too much power. They've been able to get away with this stuff for so long. People are starting to finally push back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. When I look at people like Tony, who spent was so gracious and spent a lot of time with us. And, and just so you all know too, Tony has continued to, I, I just met Tony with Jared. Tony and Jared have been friends for a while. Tony has continued to make time available to talk with us, answer questions and messenger. Like he's not just, he, he's not even a police officer anymore. But he's doing that because he wants to help. I look at my friends who are in law enforcement are, and I just don't see that picture that's getting painted of law enforcement in them. You know, I, I see a much different picture. So I think that we have to really consider that. And I think that again, I think any sort of violence, we, we need to be starting to look at violence as violence, not as it being a black thing, a white thing, a brown thing, a green thing, but a human thing. And until we start to look at why does one human being want to cause harm to another human being? Why is one human being, why is it sometimes okay for this human being to do that human being? And not that it's okay, but we emotionally allow for it at different levels. And I think this becomes a thing where at some point we have to stop blaming everyone else and we have to start looking at ourselves and how we contribute to this. You know, it's, it's something that I think that societal function is ultimately going to be a sum of all the parts, which we are a part. And I think each of us in our own way has a real opportunity to look at ourselves in this and, and see what we can learn from it. And I also say too, like I just one other piece here that I'm going to send it back to you. I found myself reacting to the protesters blocking the ambulance and saying they hope they die. I so, but when I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm making a judgment right now. Let me see if I can find video. The video I did find, there wasn't a lot of people. There was maybe, it looked like there was only a few people, maybe half a dozen people. Mm -hmm. so I think that that's an important piece because when I hear protesters, I'm thinking of the, the images we've seen on the news of thousands of people descending on the hospital doing this. I'm thinking of people like angrily doing it. And it was, it was a, at least the angle I saw was a small amount of people. 
And of those small amount of people, it, said it seemed like an even smaller amount, like a couple of them were saying it. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't excuse what they're doing, but let's also look at that as in perspective. society. Yeah, and, like, and that we allow for that to happen because I think many of us will say, well, they're just expressing frustration. They're just doing that. Start looking at ourselves and saying, well, you're expressing frustration. What, what is your frustration about? And I would argue that most of that frustration is not so much about external, but it's about internal. And we're just using the external to justify our internal. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna build right off to like the last piece that you that you said, um, or, or what I got from it, um, in terms of taking responsibility. Like we all have some part to play in this interconnectedness. And that we are, because um, this is my perspective. Like I said, I called it an act of terror. I didn't even tell you I was going to call it an act of terror when we hopped on today, but I consider it exactly that. Um, and what I want to say is that, like, uh, one of the things that was so powerful, and I think I said this when we were on maybe our, like our first call, one of our first calls, like we're early on. Um, I said this. This is people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King who did the nonviolent thing, it was so impressive because the natural reaction of the human being is if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. It's a strong human being, I'll take that, you know what I mean? But like, that's natural. Like you hit me, I hit you back, right? And we fight, right? You insult me, I insult you, right? Especially you insult me three or four times, then I'm definitely gonna insult you. If not, then I just must be a wimp or a punk or whatever, right? And so for people to, to, to meet, hate with love, right, on a massive scale, was like, wow, right, it was really, really impactful, and so what you've seen, like, I, and again, like, I don't, I'm not saying I know who the perpetrator was, but I will tell you why people felt okay, this is my perspective, right, why people felt okay saying, you know, kill them all, block me in less, even though it was a small amount of people, right, um, there's a video going around, um, where this guy, this black guy's talking about how they just shot the police. And he's like nonchalantly talking about how the police just got shot up, right? And um, I've seen outcrying and support for these people that got shot up again, because I have a, 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 I have a lot of friends that are closely attached to police officers. They're even married to police officers. They are police officers, right? Friends, you know what I mean? And then former military folks who also put support. So I've seen an outcry with, with what happened, right? And I'm, I'm commenting on everybody's stuff. There are only so many times, like, so like, there are people that said, I mean, Candace Owens basically said in her thing, George Floyd was a criminal, right? Maybe he possibly deserved this, right? There are people who have said things like that. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, they, you, you're, you're, like people have said those kind of things. And so when people are upset and feel oppressed or feel taken advantage of or feel punched and beat, beaten on, and then people say, well, maybe they deserved it. It makes that group of people, right, feel more comfortable in excusing another unexcusable act. Yes. Does that make any kind of sense? Like, so some things are unexcusable. They are acts that are unexcusable, right? But then you can find a way to understand them or rationalize them. So it was an unexcusable act. 
it was horrible. It was terrible. And, 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 and people need to talk about it like that. But then how people got to the point where they could say those things was because they've been hearing people on the other mm-hmm. side say something similar about things that hurt them. Is that am I, hopefully you guys understand that and like, and like and, and so that one that's why I was like you know last week when we were talking or a week before when we were talking about Kyle Rittenhouse and all that kind of stuff it's like it's a very dangerous path to walk down because as one side it's very hard for aggression to be raised in one side's opinion and then for the other side not to raise aggression again even with the riots and the looting, right? As soon as, you know, and, and as you know, Donald Trump said, when the, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, right? Why? I mean, there are a lot of people that projected racism and blah, 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 blah. But also because when, you, when one side is violent, then the other side is going to most often meet that violence. And the fear is that we, it just keeps leveling up, right? That's the, 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 the drama, the, the, the question mark that we face in America today if we don't learn to start to meet things with compassion. If we don't start to do that, because, because you're going to give, you invariably give another per, a person permission to be more violent when you either dismiss violence uh, exacted against them, right? Or or you, or you dismiss it or justify it, you invariably give them more reason to be more violent, right? And, 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 that's, and that's when I'm talking about on group scales, right? Not like on the interpersonal. On the interpersonal, you hit me, I have a right to hit you back. But when we're talking about massive groups, you saw my friend get hit and you said they deserved it, then me, now me and you have an issue. Does that make Emma? Uh, uh, hopefully, you guys understand. Like, you saw my friend get hit, right? You said they deserved it. I don't think they deserved it, right? Now, me and you have an issue, right? And and to, depending on what the reasoning is behind it, does it? You know, you know what I mean? And and, and that's what's happening on a massive group level. And but we're not pulling off the veil. We're not understanding why did this, did I, did, did I justify seeing your friend get hit? What did I see that you didn't see, right? What do I believe that you don't believe, right? What do I know about your friend that you don't know about your friend because you're that friend and you're so close and you can't see it, right? And so somehow we have to get to those two different things. And some of this is, is going to be on both sides. Like, for somebody to even think that all police are the bad guys, they are fucking way off from the truth, right? Way off, way off from the truth. But there has been some evidence to say there are some bad police out there. For somebody to think that black people are more prone to criminality or more dangerous than other groups of people, Right. For someone to think that and speak it and justify it. Right. They are way off from reality because people are people. Right. They're way off. And they need to come back to the middle. So that's a personal onus on both sides. Right. I need to fucking delete some of this program that I got in my head 
about people that look different from me or wear a certain uniform, right? And then I need to understand how this person views that person and how this person views that person. People need to understand it. Like you look at a you look at another white person, right? And you view them as a different person from you, but maybe you have a little bit of kinship, right? If they're from the same town, you know, you grew up together, blah, 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 blah. As a minority in America, right? When you see someone else of your minority, you have a certain level of kinship with them. And that's one thing that people, like when I talk to my friends, really don't understand, right? They're like, Jerry, yeah, you came from fucking Baltimore. You came from Baltimore City, right? You grew up, you know, in a hood area. You had friends and blah, blah, blah. But you got yourself out of that. You're no longer that person. You talk about how bad some of the, the belief systems and everything else are in that area. So how can you identify with this person in any way, shape, or form? That's the question that I've got. How do you identify with this person? You pulled yourself out of that. You don't hold, you know, you got away from it because you said there are certain negative belief systems and patterns of living and life in this area, and I will not be a part of it. But you identify with this person. How, Jared? How can you identify with them? And, is, and, and, and that is, you would have to be or place yourself in a minority mindset to understand it. And you would have to have people have judged you based upon being a member of that minority, right? Even though you've divorced yourself from so many negatives that most people have have to divorce themselves from, right? And it doesn't not necessarily be associated, we associate it with black people, but it's just associated with people that come from certain areas, right? Which is why we talked about the urban versus the rural, right? You know what I mean? Or, 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 the, or you know, hood versus not hood or whatever, right? And you've divorced yourself from so many of those mentalities, but you can't escape your Southern twang. So everybody that talks to you just associates you with every other Southern boy out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't get rid of that part, right? And, it's, and, it's, and so when you see another Southern boy get hurt and everybody recognizes you as a Southern boy, you have kinship with that Southern boy. You know what I'm saying? You understand, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, and so, and, it, and, it's, and it's because I can't, I can never divorce myself from being black, right? So whenever you make an, a generalization about all black people, it's going to hurt me. Whenever you do it, it's going to hurt me. And from a hurt position, I can justify a lot of things. I can justify a lot of things. And, 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 and I think, and, and I think it's getting happening on both sides. That's why I talk about things like white privilege are a fucking issue, right? Yep. Because it's a stab. And it's, 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 people can say it's meant to inform, but it's also meant to, to, to a certain extent to injure, right? And so from a hurt position, I can justify a lot of things. From a hurt position, I can justify a lot of things. And, and so anyway, I don't know. I don't know if I went off the rails. Did I get to a point there? Was there a point made, Jesse? I don't know if there was a point. I think, <laughs> I think absolutely, Jared. And I think there's something to look at with it. With it is so there is, and I think maybe this becomes a, an interesting observation, is why is it that you recognize behaviors that are going around and you decide you're going to remove yourself from those behaviors? You know, why is it that I, where I went to high school, I think that we had, and I think it was 
something like 368 people went into my freshman class. It was the largest freshman class my school had ever had. And of those 368, it was barely 200 of us that graduated. So there was like a 40% or something like that, like a 40% attrition rate of people dropping out, largely because of, of drugs and, and whatnot. And I may be a little off on those numbers, but it was a substantial number. I mean, I know for a fact that several people who I went into freshman year, super smart, brilliant people, didn't graduate because of drugs. And I was, where I grew up is as whitewashed as you get. <laughs> but drugs, alcohol, substances, they don't discriminate, right? Poverty doesn't discriminate. It, it, it's something that it's a challenge for anyone. And so- It's, all it's the fastest and, way to escape your condition. And, and uh, yeah, and that's the thing too, is I think that's really the one that's not even a discriminator, but an equal opportunity is this is the fastest way to escape your condition, right? Here's a quick way to make money. Here's a quick way to this. Here's a quick way to form community. Here's a quick way to form bond because we're all seeking that. Mm-hmm. And most of us, unfortunately, we're not taught from early on about what our capacity is to be at our very best. You know, we might have these kind of maybe romanticized discussions if we're lucky enough to have parents or some sort of mentor who's, who's willing to see that and, and can see it in a way that they can help cultivate it, not, not condition us. Because most of us will have the similar thing that probably many of us had in here. I, I remember being six, seven years old, having the conversation with my grandma, Nana, and Nana's asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm going down the steps of the stairs at her house and I said, I want to be an athlete, I want to be a baseball player. And she looks at me and says, you don't want to be an athlete. Athletes are stupid. And you want to be something that you want to be someone who uses their brain. And in that moment, that dream that I had, whether I could have been or not, was gone. And it was gone because I didn't want to dis- disappoint Nana. You know, there's all these layers to it. And Nana wasn't trying to hurt me. She was projecting her own sense of worth and identity of her education onto me. And because she identified so much in that education and she didn't necessarily do an ex- in, with it what she could have, but she got the education, she projected that onto me. And it was a very, from her perspective, it was likely a very loving act, but how I internalized it was completely different. So, yeah, yeah. And so we have this, we have this, I think, piece of ourselves that we have to look at is like, we we're going to, we're all going to seek community. We're all going to seek bonds and commonalities. And if we're going to have dialogues be about alienating one another, you know, justifying acts and whatnot, it's going to be a challenge for us as a society to grow together. I think the, the, I think the discussion that's not happening right now, which is a discussion that needs to happen, is how do we, how do we begin to elevate human potential? How do we begin to invite the discussion of where we can all be at our best? And that's a scary discussion to have. And I would argue that's probably a more scary discussion to have than race, than gender, than about anything else, because that's a discussion where we have to take full responsibility for ourselves and we have to cease blaming society, skin color, you know, sexualized, whatever it is on why we are where we are in our life. And that's a fucking really scary thing because much of our society, and I think where our dialogues are going even more and more so now, mm-hmm. it came to a place of who can I blame 
And where can I make an excuse for why I'm not where I should be or I could be? Yes. Most of us will not have that confrontation with the person in the mirror. Most of us are unwilling to look that person in the eye and ask of ourselves, what are you capable of? Identify it honestly and then go and execute on that. Right. But we'll look at somebody else in the eye and say, this is this way because of you. Or you have upset me. Jared, you fucking offended me today because you did this. Now my feelings are hurt and I'm going to have a bad day now because of you. And then later on when somebody asks me, why are you upset? I'm going to say, well, motherfucker, Jared, he said this thing that upset me and it's his fault. And then they'll say, oh, I can't believe he did that. I can't stand that Jared guy. And now all of a sudden we have kinship formed over Jared being. Yes, yes. yes. And him ruining my day. And that. I, you have so many friends that immediately with that. <laughs> and that I think is such a big problem because I think that so much of what we struggle with as a society sprouts from that. You know, it's like we, we, we have these debates about what we should be teaching in school, educational opportunities and all those types of things. And like, I, I think quite frankly, like from my educational perspective of what I went through, I think school massively failed me and that I came out understanding basic skills, but I had no understanding whatsoever what I was capable of. And that's where I think, you know, education and i'm not hearing that dialogue enough it's it's the same dialogue that i'm not hearing enough of why are we not providing mental health training in corporations and businesses when we know for a fact that every dollar invested in mental health training and businesses it has a four to 15 times return on it but yet we're not doing that why are we not having our infrastructure our teaching our education built around how do we elevate each other to our best and we're not getting there because we're still going through these things of why this is unfair to this person or why that's unfair to that person or why this is unfair to that person. What's most unfair is we are not giving them an opportunity to even see what they're capable of. And that's not going to Berkeley versus the local community college. That's human, human excellence isn't going to be defined in a, whatever Ivy League versus this league school. It's going to be teaching somebody the capacity that they have to look in the mirror and ask of themselves, what am I capable of? And then develop a mindset and a heart set that allows them to achieve that best version of themselves, a true best version of themselves, not the version they settle for, which I think most of us settle for that version. And so then what ends up happening is when something like this happens and there's two police officers shot, we start to form identity over one side or the other. And we are only going to venture emotion if the action, the external action fits with that image of identity that we're forming. So I, that was beautifully said. I am. So I'm going to try to break that down. Uh, So it's like, so what you're saying is, because we're unwilling to do the work on ourselves, right? And we're and we're and we're unwilling to accept the potential that we could possibly have and to start reach for that. We're going to look out into the world for as much as we possibly can to either validate or justify our position and our current beliefs. Because if we if we figured out 
we could do better and be better, right? <laughs> then, 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 uh, then that would, that would, we'd have probably have to hold ourselves accountable to that. So now it's like, I can look in the world and see, well, these are my problems, right? Or these are my, you know, my issues and things that I can stand behind. And this is what explains why I am where I am and who I am and what I believe. I mean, Jared, we could even look at like, and everyone just, first of all, I'm going to plead ignorance on this because I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. I'm just going by my very basic elementary understanding of it. But if we look at what's going on right now in the USA with the coronavirus. So as of this recording, we've had nearly 200,000 people who have passed away that we are saying have passed away from coronavirus. Now we can, there's all these theories going on about have, you know, have, has it been misattributed? Have people died, didn't actually die from it, but they tested for it. And, and I, I, I think we all probably know somebody that that actually happened to. But let's just take that 200,000 number. What I've been hearing from the doctors I've chatted with is the majority of the people that they're seeing that are actually passing away from this are passing away with some sort of pre-existing condition, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, something to that effect, right? And most of these things are fairly preventable, at least as I understand it, through exercise and good nutrition, right? If we take care of ourselves and we're doing the things that we know we should be doing to put ourselves to be healthy, we would make ourselves less susceptible. Now there's this huge push to blame out there. Well, we're gonna blame Trump for the 200,000 people that died. We're gonna blame Obama for not having it for the 200,000 people dying. Like blame, 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 blame. It's other people's fault. Versus looking at the, the piece of how many of us have been failing to take care of ourselves for years leading up to that and have put ourselves in that perfect position to be able to get sick and have it be where something comes through and where it doesn't affect everybody else, but now it affects you differently. And then your health is compromised. You know, we don't, we don't attribute the small little paper cuts we give to ourselves every day as being damaging. But if we're paper cutting ourselves every day for years and years and years, at some point it's probably going to catch up. And that's not to dismiss like, the horrificness of the, the of COVID and what it's caused or the people who have, and I understand there's one officer of it, but it is to look at this as an example of, because now there's a fallout of it too, where the world's shutting down to try to keep people from getting sick. I just saw something the other day that 60% of the businesses that closed during this time are not going to open back up. 60%. I would bet, I mean, what's the expression donuts to dollars or dollars to donuts that at some point down the road, the mental health collateral damage from this is going to surpass it. You know, we have kids that are going at the time they're supposed to be learning how to be socialized or doing stuck in front of the computer, trying to figure out how to do this working attention span. That's not there. You're telling me that this whole generation of children is not going to have struggle with anxiety, uh, all sorts of things, which, you know, pill industries, they're stoked on us. They have, they have their, you know, they're licking their chops for the, the next generation. It's a $150 billion a year industry. Now it's going to quadruple. <laughs> and I don't want to get off track on that, but I do think there's something to look at it as if we were all taking responsibility for our health, if we were all looking in the mirror and saying, what is my capacity to be the most healthy version of myself? Would we exercise differently? Would we eat differently? And if the majority of us who had that capacity to do it did, 
would we then be more prepared and able to take care of those who might have some sort of immune compromised position? Would our medical system not be stretched so much because those of us who could have taken care of ourselves, we're not, we're not needing the system so much, which then makes any more resources available for those who do. You know, these are questions that I wonder with it. And so it makes me wonder too, when we come back to this thing and maybe I'm getting way off on a tangent here. But what, uh, <laughs> go for it. Know, no, no, it would just, it's that is what would it be like if, if, if our, if our interactions or encounters with each other was not a, if the way we form community was forming communities about what were potential and the excellence as opposed to it being something else. That was what I was thinking, right? So like if, if we were focused on that, how would our conversations change? Yeah. They would change, in my opinion, they would change tenfold, right? If I was, if I was really focused on being my best self and striving and everything else like that and, and doing and contributing to the world or whatever, what I had to contribute, just, just, just thinking about being my best self, right? Then I could hear your perspective extremely clearly, right? Because there's no reflection on me. I no longer look at your perspective of who I am or my people or whatever. It's not a reflection on me. I'm not taking any of that personal because I am so in tuned with who I am and what I believe, et cetera, et cetera, that none of your beliefs are assault on mine. They're just your beliefs. That's just what you believe, right? And whatever life has taught you has led you there. And it's just information. And maybe I can change the way I interact with you, given that information, right? Based upon how it is that, you know, don't take this wrong, guys. How it is that I want to use you in my life? How it is that I want to make you a part of my life? Because we, we, every, our circle is, we're tribe. Whether I don't give a fuck how big or small your circle is, we're still tribal, right? And every person in the tribe has a job. Everybody in your life, in your circle, fills a space. They teach you something. They provide you some sort of comfort. They exchange money for services. They, you know what I mean? Every person in your circle provide, has a use. This is just absolutely true, right? And if I am focused on me and being my absolute best self, then all I'm doing is figuring out, well, what, pers what does that perspective what usage do I have in terms of how I can communicate with others and grow my circle? Or how can I be more effective in dealing with other people in the world? Or do I want to fucking be in that circle? And sometimes I might not, right? But I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you and fighting with you about it, you know, for the most part, unless, you, unless you're trying to encroach on my circle. And then it would behoove me to understand your perspective. And that's the thing, right? So like to, to me, like if we're really trying to be our best selves, we're really trying to elevate our consciousness, right? It's always about moving forward. It's always about growing. And we can't grow to a positive place unless we learn yeah. and, and, and seek to understand. And then know that that learning and seeking to understand, all it does is, all it's gonna do is, it doesn't have to change you. 
it doesn't it doesn't change you in terms of like like it it deletes all the other things that you value about yourself right and i know we have identities i know i identify as a black man right i know you identify as as a, as a white guy i know you identify as a northern california from logging country former poor white boy right i know that you i agree i identify as a black guy formerly from baltimore city grew up blah 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 with a drug addict current all this kind of stuff identify as those things i do right but they are not the essence of who i am identify it but it's not the essence of who i am the essence of who i am is up here and all these things that i've formed to to move me forward and if i know that and i'm always trying to twist and turn and improve this right nothing that anyone else puts in right is anything but nothing anyone else tries to give me that perception or whatever is anything but you know fuel for that fire or to help me fucking fix the gear and oh okay i get it like that's why i can say to you i think white privilege is a fucking terrible term do you think 17 year old jared would have said that to you hell no Hell no. I would have been crowded and fine throwing that bomb all day long, even though I didn't believe in affirmative action. I'd have been fine throwing it all day. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, got it. Privilege, yes. <laughs> Sick, right? Privilege, you're privileged. Privilege. Goodness gracious. How can you complain about any fucking thing? Privilege. Look at you. Look at you. Can I, can I, can I go in the mall like you? No, I can't. I gotta, I gotta think about it everything you know what i mean yeah you know do i feel comfortable in a crowd of police hell no definitely not why it's not because i'm doing anything wrong because i'm black privileged feel safe right? i could do all of that i could right at 17 i would right we could get into that argument and i would just throw bombs all day long i'm just launching missiles <laughs> right and you be launching missiles back and then we both dodging and you know, they get bigger and bigger and everything. I could, we could play that game and I'd be fine with it, right? But I had to, I had to learn it. Like, it's, it's so much, it's so much more to life than that. So much more, right? And, 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 and the real reason why I don't, I, I value being right only in certain specific places, right? Because I know that that matters to me. So like I said, like if you tell me my son is more dangerous to people because of his black skin, we have a problem. Concrete, have a problem. I'm never gonna roll with that, ever, ever. And we will forever have a problem as long as you say it. Doesn't mean I have to get physical with you, but boy, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like you. I could, we could probably have another conversation, but there will be a, there will be always a certain amount, there's a wall. Maybe not a 15, 20 foot, 30 foot wall, but six, 12 feet, there's gonna be a wall between us and our opinions all, all the time. If you say that to me and you mean it with your heart, we have a, we do. And hopefully someone else can bridge that gap and we can live together peacefully and all that kind of stuff. But tell me my son's more dangerous because of the color of his skin and should be seen that way. We have an issue. That's I think Jared too. And I think that becomes the problem with a lot of statistics we have, right? Is data can be, we data can be as biased as we want it to be and we can have data then taken and, and 
and used to whatever it is. So if we're pulling data from one area that's largely represented by one group of people, and then we take those as percentages, and again, we allow them to become this blanket representation of the whole, it, it's problematic because it's, it's, again, it's compared to whom and compared to what. I'm betting if I went to a predominantly white town and looked at the data there, and I'm going to probably see a very similar data pool that would mirror a predominantly black area. It's just that it's, it's, you're, you're looking at, there's, there, because there's going to be behaviors that go to behaviors that go to behaviors that go to behaviors, but if we take data points and we use them now to blanket represent, we're misinforming ourselves because now what we're doing is we're hearing that and saying, okay, well, I heard this data point, and now because of this data point tells me that this person, because of their skin color, because of their, where they live, because of their belief system, whatever that is, they're more dangerous than I am. They're more likely to this, right? So I'll tell you this, when you look at that kind of data and statistics, at the same percentage roughly of dropouts in my high school as you had in your high school, right? For a lot of the same reasons, but the percentage of kids from my high school that ended up with criminal records before their 18th birthday was higher, I can almost promise you, than the percentage of kids that ended up with records from your high school. And that's because my neighborhoods that I grew up in were targeted by the war on drugs. And those kids got arrested and became part of the system and were criminalized further after that at a higher percentage rate. And so that's the argument that people have about as far as policing in black community versus because the people say, this is, I'm just telling you on the left, yep. if, the, if, if people in largely white, majority white or non-urban areas were policed as hard as people are in black areas, if you look at drugs and all that other kind of stuff, would go to jail at roughly the same rate. And then we can talk about the violent crime in terms of murder and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother statistic, but I think it has to do with what are the cues and keys to survival around where you grow up, right? Cause I tell somebody else like New York in the 1970s, 1980s, early 1990s, dangerous place, right? You know, Italian guys have been killing Italian guys for a very long time. Irish guys are killing Irish guys and Italian guys and Jewish guys for a very long time, right? Certain lifestyles, if you get involved in it, it is 100% dangerous. Yep. 100% dangerous. And the level of violence that you have to perpetuate to even be respected in those atmospheres is extremely high. And so if people don't think that you're willing to take their life, it immediately puts your life in danger. So people do things like they make statements. And that statement is, I'm going to take a life beforehand so that everybody knows that that's what I'm willing to do. Yeah. And, 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 it's a, and, and that, that perpetuates. And the reason, and the issue is when people talk to me, or, or like we talked about with this study, you know, the study that we talk about with the, with the shock. Mm-hmm. In the, Milgram. The, yes. Milgram. You, yep. you can take most human beings and put them in the right circumstances, mm. the wrong ones, and they will walk down that path 90, what was it, 90, 95% of the time? 60% 
just on average, average human being, so more than average human being, 60%, and then it goes over 90% if they see someone do it beforehand. So it adds an allowance. So the idea is, is that as much as we'd like to excuse ourselves and say we wouldn't do that, we absolutely would with the, with the situation, right? And, you know, Jared, you, you said something that made me consider. I would be interested to see if there are studies done on the difference between a small town and a big city, too. Because my thought is also with the city, you have more people, so you have more people coming in. And the likelihood of you encountering somebody you do not know, like personally, is greater versus where I grew up in a small town. Right. Likely to run into someone. So the police officers are the brothers, the sisters, the cousins of yes. everyone who grew up there, everything else. So if you run into a police officer, so let's say selling drugs as a 16-year-old kid, you are likely, I would imagine, you're going to be more likely to know that police officer, that police officer is going to be more likely to know your, your friend, your family. And maybe now, because now it's no longer a cop engaging in a criminal, but it's, it's Bob meeting Sally's son, John. Yes. Bob, he wants to help John. Exactly. Versus going to a big city where that's removed. And so now it's cop criminal. And I think there's, I never thought of that before, but when you were saying that, man, it just made me wonder because I think that you're absolutely right. And then I wonder, so then I'm wondering why is that? But I think part of it is, is because I just had this flash in my head as you were talking. I remember distinctly being home right after I turned 21 and going to this little small town, like, you know, this is a redneck bar. We're like, <laughs> super, and was there with one of my friends who would, he's, he's, he's quite proud of his, he calls himself an Okie. And we're there and there's kids coming in who were a couple years younger than me in high school. So I just turned 21, which means they're 19 and 20. And the police walk in and they're sitting there drinking a beer and the police are sitting there talking to them. But there's a, they know each other's families. Mm-hmm. Now, if that would have been somewhere else, because when I, when I got into college and would go to bars, and everybody, they're college students working with police officers who live there in town. I would see those people get arrested all the time underage mm-hmm. or doing those types of things. Now you're dealing with an officer of the law. Here's somebody who's breaking the law. The officer of the law enforces it. Completely different psychology, right? Yes. I, and it, you know, it, so then it pauses to wonder, going back to this whole thing of statistics, I would wager and just from the context of this conversation, a lot of these statistics are probably unfair because there's so there again, there's layers to yes. the behaviors that we're not considering. And yeah. right, like John, Officer John or Officer Bob, whatever it is, wants to help this kid that he knows because it's so-and-so versus Officer over here who's dealing with this criminal who he doesn't know, but instead is maybe looking at the opposite way of saying like, I have a son, I have a daughter, and this criminal could influence my son or daughter. I want to keep them safe. So let me take care of this criminal right now in the way I know how, so that that way I can remove the criminal threat from my son or daughter. Right. Right. That, and that's, and that, what you just, what we, what you just verbalized is the gap in perception. Yeah. From like, and, and, and me having that understanding, it's why I can identify right to a certain yeah, degree right i get that and, and 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 why i get enraged when i hear 
people try to explain to me the thing about my son, right? Or I won't say enraged. Enraged is probably not the right word for it, but it, I definitely, I'm not shutting down. I'll still talk to you, but there's a wall. It's a wall gets erected. Yeah. And, and, and I will say this. I will never pull that wall down. I will never pull that wall down. You can never, you can never, you can never, you could never, there could be no analytical, rational justification for that in my eyes. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And and I think I think we have to we have to get away from that as a country. That said, you will never ever 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 convince me that all cops are bad. Or if you tell me that cops should die or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Also, wall. Yep. <laughs> right? Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah, also, wall. Wall being erected. Yeah. And, and I am going to be just as aggressive in terms of what, what I feel needs to be said in those cases. Because I feel like that's absolutely positively dangerous right um not the it's not the same it's not the same as my son right but it's the same in terms of what i think it leads to and then i project that because that's how i that's how i make 90 percent of my decisions project that to my son <laughs> right so like you just added justification to this argument with that statement I get so that makes life more dangerous all around. Like, no, 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 no. It's already dangerous enough. I don't, I'm not gonna. I don't stand by that. And it can't happen. And if I see it, think it, believe it's going to happen, I'm gonna do my best to stop you. And I think here too, it becomes a thing. Like, I understand putting up that wall because that person's already showing you that they have a wall too. That's what they're saying, right? Yeah. And so it becomes this thing. It's like this. This is where. I feel like I haven't heard that though. I want you to know that I haven't heard that one. I have heard the sun thing. I haven't heard anyone tell me that all cops or kill cops or blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard that personally in a conversation yet. So, but go ahead. <laughs> but I think though, I think it, it brings a valid point in that. I think a lot of our societal discussions become these discussions of here's a person with their wall up here. I'm going to put my wall up. And now we're just taking turns beating our heads against each other's walls. And so we're talking about things that, it's like, you, you know, an easy example. I can say, I'll say President Trump. And as soon as I say that, President Trump, some people in the group who are listening are going to have an emotional response to it, right? Mm -hmm. The way it is, shape, or form. I'm not saying if I like him or I'm, I can't stand him. But then what ends up becoming, I think a lot of times the discussion is it's, it's why in the hell do you like that guy? Or why do, why do you hate him? Versus trying to understand, well, what is it about him that you find, like, what has he done that you really appreciate? Or what has he done that is upset you? You know, like asking those questions to try to understand that person versus we go into these discussions to try to change each other's mind. So that, I'm going to use my book. I have, I have a ton of books on my, on my table, right? So that is when we build walls, right? We have multiple layers to our walls, right? So I'm going to use this example, guys. So if you have a problem and your wall comes up when somebody mentions Donald Trump, right, then probably behind that wall is something that has to do with your family slash 
identity that maps to Donald Trump. And behind that is probably some childhood experience with somebody else that is really super important to you that there. And this is the one that, this is the only wall that really matters. These other two layers of walls or three or four layers of walls that you put in front of that based upon your perception are fucking superficial as hell. They are super, like when somebody has any emotional response to Donald Trump, other than I don't like him as a person and how, you know, where you talk about how whatever dangerous he is to the country or blah, 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 blah. That is like a four fifth layer level wall because Donald Trump represents to you lower taxes, safer environment, law and order, and then safer environment for my children or no better, better economic standing, which is safer environment for my children and blah, 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 blah. Does, am I making any kind of sense? It's like, it's like the fourth layer down of like what he, what you see him representing to you. And when we get to that fourth or fifth layer, we're all the same. And that's what we're talking about. Right. Cause once we get past the Trump thing, once we get past the law and order thing or, or look even looks like me sounds like me like somebody i know right because that's probably the next wall right so like it's like donald trump then identify with him for this this and this reason and then he represents this this and this to this to me which protects these things that i hold dear does that mean am i hopefully guys i'm making sense so we're four walls down before we get to this core piece and if i could talk to you about these walls, right, then we have some understanding. So even when I get to the point where I talk to people about my son, right, for the most part, for the most part, the conversation gets extremely civil. But I have had conversations that did not. I've had, does that make any kind of sense? For the most part, it gets extremely civil. For the most part, it goes, you know what, I understand. I get it. And either we can respectfully agree to disagree, right? Or I would never think that and that does need to change. You're absolutely positively right. For the most part, it goes there, right? And they understand what I am saying, right? And because I've also removed so many of those walls, I'm not anti this, I'm not anti that. I'm not, you know, all these other layers that they, that, you know, you would track on to being anti-Trump they know that I'm not anti that. Does that make any kind of, does, am I making any kind of sense? Like, so I could build the wall of being anti-Trump, but once I do that, I start to build these other walls and layers behind that wall, right? Because that wall forces me to, right? It forces me to disagree with you on some of your law and order stuff. It forces me to disagree with you on, on some of your taxes and stuff like that information. And because, because I feel like he's a threat to this. Does that make any kind of sense? So it's, it's, it's when you build, like one, like one person's building a wall because it's layered like this and it protects the, and, and that last ball is a protection from, their, from these walls, right? The other person has decided this one, right? Has built this wall and then subsequently to me has to reverse build the rest of the walls. Or they decided that he is, he's a threat to this and then they build walls, you know what I mean? Behind it. And because he represents something else, something different from what you think he represents, right? And blah, 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 right? Um, 
And so that's, that's, I think we all need walls. I think you need a wall in life. I think you need, you need values. You need um, beliefs, right? That you are, you know, uncompromising on. But when you map those beliefs specifically onto a human being, right? And to, that, that has, that doesn't, that, that doesn't stratify with that. Like my son is my son. If I map my feelings about my son onto Joe Biden, I'd be fucking wrong, right? It's got to be my son, and I got to keep it there as much as possible. But if I'm pro, if I'm so pro Biden that blah 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 blah, then I've taken taken this one and mapped it to here. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. Or like my friends who are their family and they're all pro Trump supporters, they're taking this one and they're mapping it all the way up. Like this whole, all of these other structures have to fall if this falls. And when we do that, then we, we, we've, 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 we've misrepresented our house. We've missed where we, and we've gotten away from, like what we talked about earlier with that, that uh, being my best self or anything like that, right? Because now the world can so everything, all of these things that really, shouldn't touch me that way can crumble my fucking whole entire world you know it, it, or or you could the bet or maybe if not if you don't want to think about it as walls think of it as like a building like you know like cards right a house of cards yeah you know what i mean yes. <laughs> and you stack the cards each one is jenga or whatever and you stacked it so high and so lopsided that if I poke that when the whole fucking thing falls down. Whereas if you just took it back to where your core is, right? And this was and this was it. And then everything from there expanded your universe, then you'd be fine. Right. It, 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 and, and that's and that's and I think that's the essential of you don't blame. I learn. I interpret. Right? Yeah, this thing is super duper important to me. But no, that man does not represent it. Matter of fact, I couldn't even tell you. I'm growing and evolving so often. Couldn't even tell you what really represented it. <laughs> right? Because yeah. <laughs> it's always, always molding and growing to a certain extent. It's the core there, but it's always, it's always turning. It's why the Bible is such a great book, in my personal opinion. I, I hate to get religious, right? But like, I don't want to be religious. I have a Quran too, guys, but the Bible is my book. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, the, the, the Bible is such a great book because you, you see the conflict. You see thou shalt not kill. And then you see David as a hero. He killed Goliath, right? Mm. You see, you know, you see these, you see this, right? You see the evolution from the Old Testament to the New Testament, right? And Jesus bringing a different message, right? And if and if God, right, can fucking revise the fucking rules, then who the fuck are you to think that it's that static? And that's me, okay? <laughs> that's, that's just me. If God, can, if God can go, well, if this happens and then this happens and then that, then that makes sense. If God can say that, <laughs> Who the fuck are you to be like, 
no, 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 no. You can never, you can never go that way. That's always wrong. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. There are places where it's like that, but most places in life, it's just not. Most places in life, it's, it's fucking evolution. Like, and so I think that's, and, and you have to be there doing that internal work. You can't blame outside people, right? You can learn, you can interpret, but ultimately it's, you're, you're deciding where, you're deciding where you want the world to go. Yes. Not Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. You, you are, you're deciding how you interact with other people. You're deciding whether or not that person is friend or foe, right? You're deciding if friend, but I can't talk to you about this topic ever, right? And you know, and I know that if this comes to be an issue, that we have an issue. Everywhere else we're safe. <laughs> and that's and that's and that's reality, right? That's that's reality. Like a Muslim and a Christian can be a fr- can be friends, and we've seen that. A Muslim and a Jew can be friends, and we've seen that in life. But if they want to start talking about which religion is right or wrong, I guarantee I'm almost positive that that conversation ends very quickly. They have a wall up, but they can talk about each other's friends, families, kids, work, life, money, houses everything else maybe too jared even they would be able to have the conversation about religion if the conversation is not about which one's right or wrong but the conversation is about understanding why do you believe what you believe yes yeah because it's not a threat exactly you're not it's not a threat way is bad and your way is better but now i'm genuinely curious about the human experience so, wow you know you this this religion you practice seems to be bringing you a lot of joy happiness love faith in life why do you believe what you believe and vice versa like you you seem so committed and passionate to this religion why do you believe what you believe and i think what's really remarkable about those discussions is most of us we don't have discussions like that so we don't even know why it is we believe what we believe you allow someone you extend the invitation to begin to talk about that for them to begin to recognize what this has brought to their life good or bad if you really want to be able to influence someone, you need to be able to bring that to the sun. You are not going to influence somebody by telling them you are bad, you're wrong, you're right, this is stupid, you're, you're this or that. You, the, 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 many of you right now are really concerned about politics. If you want to sway your friends who are undecided, the way to not do it is to go tell them that you should not vote for Trump because he's horrible or you should not vote for Biden because he's an idiot. What you should do, if you really want to try to influence them, is try to understand why they believe what they believe. Really understand their wants and dreams. Yes. Not yours onto them because you are so much smarter, more knowing, more well-educated than them. And then in, once you start to understand that, <clears throat> start to talk to them about your understanding of what certain people believe and why they believe what they believe. And not which is right or wrong, but then let them make up their own mind about it. That's how we're going to start to create change because otherwise what we're doing is we're all just bullying one another. I mean, every time, and we see it on social media every day, like we're, we're talking about bullying with kids being a problem. Where the fuck do you think they're learning it from? It's from us. Oh, yeah. It's how we treat each other. It's how we talk to one another. It's that, it's that we can't hold space for when our friend says something like, I, I love Joe Biden, I love Donald Trump. We cannot hold space for them without just going nuclear and having our opinions and then telling them why they're wrong. 
or and so then we wonder why kids are doing it kids are doing it because of us it's 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 this is and this is the beautiful thing about responsibilities it's all our fault it really is like it's it's and, it, and that should be one of the most beautiful things i think for us to hear because if it's all our fault it means it's all within our capacity to change it that's why we have such a fascination with people who excel at high levels athletes and whatnot because they are at some level in their life having that conversation with the person in the mirror and asking what is the best version of me possible and then they go find a way to physically express it or maybe they intellectually express it people who win you know, who write great works or who, who have some sort of tremendous scientific breakthrough. And the thing I would argue that separates them from us is not talent, although some of them might have genetic dispositions or whatever it is that talent is never going to supersede work ethic. Talent is never going to supersede com raw commitment and desire to have that be an expression. And we can say, well, I may not be as genetically gifted or talented or capable as like a Michael Jordan or a Larry Bird. And so our talents may not be best directed at becoming professional basketball players, but what would it be for us to express fully our intellectual capacity, our compassion capacity, our emotional capability, right? There's so many, talent is such a broad spectrum of what can be possible. And often we get so myopic in our focus of it that we do go and we put those walls up as Jared beautifully illustrated with his books. I love that you brought the books to use the walls, by the way. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and then it does become this, this banging our head against the wall. I think that's why so many of us probably feel so exhausted after we talk with some of our people, because it is, we're just doing head banging versus actually going in and changing the dynamic a little bit. You know, we are, we are so much more like one another than we are different. We're so much more, more like, 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 what would happen if we defined ourselves instead of letting the world define us? And that's what you love. That's what we love about athletes is, is, yeah. is they, they, we know who they are because they show us each and every day. They define, they've defined themselves. That's, they've determined they're going to be best at this. And I'm going to do that. And you are not going to tell me what I'm going to be the best at you're not going to change my work ethic toward that or my drive to obtain it, right? I'm going to fucking go and I'm going to go after that. And that's, and I mean, and I'm talking about, of course, we, we love the greats. Yeah. Because, and we criticize the hell out of them. When we love Michael Jordan more later. Criticize the hell out of them, right? Like, like 50% of people love them, 50% of people hate yeah. them. Like Michael Jordan, yes. <laughs> and they still fucking go out there and they do it. Because they won't be defined by you. Yeah. Whether you like them or you hate them. Love them or hate them. I'm not going to be defined. I'm going to define myself each and every fucking day. And the thing with the Michael Jordans is if you hate on them, they will take that and use it to show you why they're wrong. Versus the difference with most of us is if, we, if somebody hates on us, we use that as an excuse to justify why we never will. Yeah. Right. And or we, or we, we, it just adds more doubt and question yeah. to ourselves. And we just say, maybe you're right. Or you're right. I can't, I can't do this. I can't. And, and we accept it. Yeah. We accept, we accept that. We accept other, we too often accept other people's definitions of us. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. And we do. And once we do that, 
once I've accepted somebody else's definition of me, I, and as myself, I'll start defending things that I don't necessarily believe. Or not, and once I start to do that, I can map more defenses on top of that. And that's where you're building walls that are outside of that core of who you are. Did that make any kind of sense? Like if you defined yourself for you, you would know who you were and your core would be right here, right? And you wouldn't let other people map, oh no, I'm what this person says I am. And if I'm what they say I am, then I gotta believe this, this, and this. <laughs> if I believe this, this, and this, and I gotta believe this, this, and this. And then we get into arguments about belief thing, about belief structures and things that we don't necessarily really believe in our core, right? Or we've just accepted that all of that's truth. Yep. And it's like, no, because you haven't defined yourself. You don't even know who you are. This is, this is my, and I'm just telling you, don't. Mm. And, and that's a hard journey. It's a hard journey. Took the Son of God, again, I'm going to give a Bible reference. Took the Son of God 40 days and 40 nights walking in the desert and trying to figure it out. <laughs> and he was the Son of God. And he was like, I don't get this shit. <laughs> we've been, we've been going on for over an hour now so maybe we'll wrap it up and the thought occurred to me for everyone just as maybe an interesting experiment if you you open to it who are you you know defining who you are and then i would also for those of you who are willing to venture a little risk i it might be kind of a fun exploration of this of how you divide how you define yourself politically are you left right republican democrat and why at the deepest level do you define that? Meaning what do you want for your friends, your family, your community? And just, and just do it, not looking at what everybody else says first, but just do yours. And I, I'd be wildly curious to see if those of us who are more liberal than conservative, more conservative than liberal, if we're willing to go deep enough and we don't, we don't stop at policies, right? Because it's easy to say policies, taxes, all those types of things. But why do you want higher or lower taxes? Why do you want this health care or not this health care? And if you're willing to go deep enough, I am willing to bet that most of us will probably come up with something that looks almost exactly like our counterparts do. And perhaps if we are willing to play and do this exercise, and it, Jared, we can even put a post up in the group to do this too. That's what we have to. When you said that, I was like, damn, like cut the whole hour. Fucking just leave that up and people watch it. <laughs> remind, me, remind me to put it up right after this. Uh, you know, if we're willing to do that, I think we might find that, find that there really isn't a counterpart, that there's just a human being on the other side who wants the same thing as me. And maybe it opens the door to having a different discussion. And then we start to have the discussion about how do we build a bridge as opposed to how do we build a wall that separates me from you because my way is right and your way is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. And I appreciate you. As oh, always. Wonder, man. Always, always, always. always. Uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Yes. See you next time. Sorry. That was a long one. <laughs>